for the last couple of weeks, of course, last week was a messed up week with um, Domino's Pizza. But before that, we had, we've been starting a series talking about the life, embracing the life of a Christ follower. The first week we talked about Matthew and disciples when they followed Jesus. When Jesus said to follow me, immediately they followed him. The second week we talked about how in ourselves we wanted nothing to do with God. We were his enemies. But because of his death, we were reconciled to him. It had nothing to do with us, but because of his death, we were reconciled. And today we want to talk about discipleship was always God's plan. In 1932, before any of us were born, in the World Series, there was one of the best baseball players of all time, Babe Ruth. How many of you have heard about Babe Ruth? All right. Babe Ruth did something in the 1932 World Series. He came to the plate. That's the batter's box. But if you don't know about baseball, home plate. And he did something. He called a shot. He basically told the pitcher that I'm going to hit the ball over the fence. I'm going to hit a home run off of you. Basically, he was showing him up. But the most important thing is he was calling the shot. He had confidence to know that, you know what? I'm going to hit this ball over the fence. So the pitcher pitches the ball. What do you think happened? He has a home run. He calls a shot. And it's just like in our relationship, when we consider Jesus and our, consider our relationship with God, he calls the shot. He called the shot from the beginning. He had a plan. He didn't just all, one day all of a sudden say, wake up one morning and, and change his plan. His plan was always for us to be redeemed to him. And if you have your Bible, you could turn to Genesis chapter 12. And this is where it all began. When we consider, and it's just so we know where we're at, we need to understand, you know, as we can think of creation, we think of Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve sinned. Then we think of who else? Think of Noah. We think of all these different people, and they all fell short. So God had to have a plan. And he used Abram, who we know to be later on as who? Abraham. Abraham, all right? And it says this. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So we see here, from the beginning, God had a plan with Abraham. What was his plan with Abraham? What was his plan? What was, what was his plan? Hmm? To create the nation of Israel through him. Okay, anyone else? He's calling Abraham into a special relationship, right? 
He's calling him to basically say, look, I'm going to bless you. I am going to, what did he say? I will bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So we know that through Abraham, all of us come through. All of us, right? What was Abraham supposed to do? Anyone know? What, what did he say? What did he start off by saying? But Abraham had to first of all do something. Okay. Let's see, can we go back to verse 1? What did he first of all have to do? Right. He had to follow him, right? He had to follow God in order for this to happen. It's like us, me and you, right? God can call us to do something, but the reality is that we don't follow God and do what he asks us to do. We haven't done what he's asked us to do. Let me ask a question. How many of you have ever had your parents tell you, and I'm sure we've all had, if you do this, I will do this for you. If you don't do this, I will do this to you. <laughs> right? Just the second one. Yeah. <laughs> Just the second one, okay. All right. So the first one, they don't follow through, right? But the reality is, is that when God makes a plan, he's going to follow through. He's going to follow through whatever his plan is to bring honor and glory to him. He's going to follow through. But it's up to us to follow what God's plan is for us. You see, we need to understand as we consider Abraham followed God, and over time his family grew, just like God said. They grew into a big nation of people, but they were enslaved by Egypt. God brought them out of slavery and gave them a land of their own. But God repeated to this big nation of people the same calling that he gave Abraham. So he calls his nation of Israel. How many of y'all know about the Israelites? We all know about the Israelites in here? Let me ask a question. Were the Israelites always happy people? No, no right? They complain a lot, right? I mean, consider it for a second. We know the story, right? We know the stories. You know, they were enslaved. Um, here it is, the parting of the Red Sea. You know, then they are, Moses takes them out into the land. And what happens? They complain, all right? Why are we only having bread or manna? You know, why we don't have enough? You know, why you brought us out here to die? They were following God. Which brings us to another point as we can think about. Is following God always easy? No. No, right? Following God's a hard thing to do. Because I don't know about you, but I can't see God, right? None of us can see God. It's by faith that we move. It's by constant devotion, talking to God, to know what God's plan is for us. Abram went through the same thing. As we consider Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 to 8. For you are a people holy to the Lord, your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Consider that. First of all, what does the word holy mean? Set apart. What does it mean to be set apart from something? Special. 
So specific story. Anyone else? What does it mean to be special? You're different. You're unique, right? You're set apart, all right? Anyone in here ever been like, like, you know, um, what they call it? They call them, you know, you go to places in the States where they have the little fountain and you can pick up, what are they, gems? Not gems, but they, they're like crystal things. I don't know. Anyway, it's, <laughs> huh? What are they call? you know? You know what I'm talking about, right? All right, but you all may not know. Okay. They're very colorful things, all right? They're like pieces of, like, some type of rock, something, right? Like a river type of thing, you know? Anyway. Huh? Anyway. Forget what I just said, right? But think about this, right? Some of you go, some of you, who likes, anyone like to go shelling in here? They're going to the beach and pick up shells? All right. Something I really don't do and I don't enjoy, but. But listen, right? But listen, right? When you go to pick up shells, there are some shells that are better than others, right? There are some shells that you will keep and say, wow, that's a nice shell. But there are those who you'll say, you know what? That's no good. I'm going to throw that one away. It's just like this. God is saying, look, I have, you are holy. I have set you apart for me. Do we realize that all of us in this room who call ourselves born-again believers, that we've accepted Christ and we place our faith and trust in him, do we understand that we are special, that he has called us to be holy, he has called us to be set apart? The word that we hear sometimes in church is called a process of sanctification, that we continue to be set apart. We continue in the process. The question is, does any of us have it all together? No, we don't. I fail all the time. But we have to strive to become like Christ. Verse 7, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all people. You see, sometimes we think of the gospel and we think sometimes of, you know, as we think of God only wants those who are rich, who are strong, who has it all together. But if we remember last time we talked, God does not want us like that. It depends nothing on us. He wants the weak to lead the strong. You see, sometimes when we consider and we think sometimes that because we, you know, we think some of them are better than other people. But you see, we need to see ourselves as one of the lowliest people. We need to be humble. Verse 8 tells us this. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your fathers, he brought you out with a strong hand and redeemed you from the place of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You see, we need to understand that God has called us out, just as he called Abram, Abraham later on, out. He's called us into a relationship with him, to be different, to be set apart. I want to ask you a question. When you consider your life, when you consider your walk with God, 
How many of you see it as the process that, that every day you're changing? All right. Every day we are changing. Every day we are getting more and more like Christ. That's what our goal should be. You see, we're not, we're not talking about just coming to a prayer meeting or something and, you know, you say a prayer and then that's it. No, it's more than that. It's a relationship. It's about getting to know him more. It's about us becoming more like him. You ever notice how some people say, sometimes the husband and wife start to look, look alike? You know, like, some, like, or even, like, people start to look like each other who live in the same house, who, you know. You know, for, for me, you know, most of you know my daughter, Mercy, right? Who is, you know, she's adopted, right? Anyway. Listen, right? Here's the question. All right, so if you, if you didn't... It, listen. All right, hold on. Okay, all right? The point, the point I'm trying to make is this, right? Listen up. Is that for some reason, people always say that she either looks like my side of the family or my wife's side of the family. And that isn't because she really does probably look like us, because she takes on our mannerisms, it takes on how we are. It's just like any of us. When we think about our lives, we, we become like people we are around. Am I right? We either become good people or become bad people. Our company corrupts who we are, right? And I think too many times, I think that we allow ourselves to become more like the world would have us to be than what Christ would have us to be. Which brings us to the last passage we're going to look at, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 to 16. But now in Christ Jesus, you were once far off and have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see, when we came in a relationship with Jesus Christ, we were once this way of the world. But now we should be like Christ. We are striving to be like Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh. You see, we need to understand exactly what's going on. Each one of us in our lives, every single day, we're fighting two people. We're fighting our flesh because our flesh tells us to do so much. And we're fighting for, to become more like Christ. And I think we need to understand something that, as you heard me say before, we can either feed on the flesh, feed our own desires, or we can feed a desire to become more like Christ. And whatever one we feed more, is going to become what we're more like. We either going to become more like Christ, or we become more like the world. Verse 15. By abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in the ordinances that he might create himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace. You see, we have a war going on. And only Jesus Christ can change that. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. Here it is. God has paid the price. 
dying on the cross for our sins. And he wants us to recognize that we must follow him. And he wants us to follow him. I want you to think of three words right now, okay? In closing, right? Before we look at Abhijana. I want you to think of Abraham, Israel, and us. God called Abraham into a special relationship with him. But we have to understand, follow God wherever he has called him. That is what Abraham did. Wherever God called Abraham, that is what he did. He followed him. As we consider talking about Israel, as we consider Israel a people that God chose, we have to remember just as that, he helped the world to see how, how to have a relationship with God. That's what he wanted Israel to do. And if I don't know if you've read, you know, all the Old Testament, you see Israel, Israel did not accept that. Even though God had showed them so many times. And for us, God has called each one of us who call ourselves born again. He has called us out of darkness into light. He has called us to be a light for him. He has called us to be different for him. Let me ask a question. Can light and darkness mix? No. It's either light or it's dark. It's no in between, all right? Light exposes darkness. So how do we apply this? God has called us to follow him. Are you ready to follow him? Wherever he calls you to to do. Are you ready to say, you know what? Whatever God calls me to do, or wherever he calls me to go, I'm willing to do. Because that's what Christ is saying. That I want you to follow me. I want you to be my disciple. And next week we're going to look more at what exactly is a disciple. What does that look like? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. I thank you for all you've done. I pray that you continue to be honored in everything that we do. I pray, Father, that you would just allow your spirit to work in and through us. And Father, I pray that you continue to, that we would seek after you. I pray tonight that we would hear from you and we would follow you wherever it is that you want us to go. And we just thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.